Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tickle Me Comedy Club podcast, episode 15. I'm Isaac Israel. We're here with Dylan Billigaff and comedian extraordinaire, legend, 33 years, Showtime, uh, Star Search, uh, writer for Steve Harvey. Scar Search. Scar <laughs> uh, 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 number one comedian on the Carnival Cruise Lines, Mr. Lance Montalto is with us today. Hey, yes. what a guy. Lance. Part two. Of our two, of our uh, two part episode with uh, Lance Montalto. Hey, you Lance. Know, do you know who beat me in Star Search years ago? Uh, that's when Ed McMahon was on it. It was it. It, it wasn't uh, uh, Larry Scott Wilmore. Larry Wilmore. Yeah, he had the the, the Daily Show took over. Oh, the John okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you feel better now? <laughs> do you feel better? Yeah. Be. All right. Yeah. All right. All righty. Well, it's Lance. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming back and doing part two with us. And oh, you, it's it's been a blast. It's there's some stuff that we uh, that I, I, I time went by so quickly last time. There was a couple areas I wanted to to talk about, <laughs> and one of those is so we've been asking all the comics that we've been interviewing. So how has the pandemic affected you? How is it? Did you have shows uh, lined up and and just kind of in general how it yeah. how, what happened? What you've been doing? I had a lot of work lined up, but it was all canceled because of that. You know. Mm. But thank God, I mean, thank God that, you know, I used to, I wrote for Steve Harvey years ago, so I had money that I put aside, and, you know, and then I uh, put that into other things, and, you know, uh, I was going to open up, because of the pandemic, everybody staying at home, and, uh-huh. you know, a lot of sex, I was going to sell sex toys on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> they do that already. But I got, and I had I had the greatest motto, what? logo, it was going to uh if we don't go in the hole, we're not making any money. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is our R-rated show. <laughs> That's good. I like it. I'll be writing that down. It's later in the week. It's all right. It's later in the week. It's all right. That's good. So, so uh, must get, with this time down that we've all had, we've all had time to... To write some new jokes and and just kind of think about well you you've been in that so long you don't even really have to do that but for us other people that haven't been in quite as long as you, you know I've been gone we've been gone from the stage so long I got to remember my old jokes <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, I actually made a list the other day I'm going okay I know the bit but how did it go yeah. <laughs> have you ever done that got on stage and you had this great bit and then you go blank it's like uh, that was no, a good but I, when you're doing uh, years ago, years ago, when you're doing shows on comedy clubs, some nights on a Saturday you'll do three shows in one night. Yeah, and then yeah. the third show you may say the same joke twice. I <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that already? So, somebody about this podcast. Somebody told me that. Hey, we've been watching your podcast. You kind of like telling the same story over and over again. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thinking, yeah, well, maybe we'll have a new audience. One hadn't heard yeah. it yet, <laughs> right? But um, yeah, so we've uh, one of the things that that I think uh, Isaac and I have done is uh, the virtual comedy shows online with, with Zoom. Have you done any of those? I did one with um, who did I do it with? I did two of them already with two other comics, with other comics. Mm-hmm. A guy named Lenny Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did Lenny Schmidt's podcast, and then I did. You know who Rhonda Shear is? Yes. Rhonda's a very good friend of mine, so I did her. We had okay. one. It was a lot of fun. What did you think of that? 
It was a blast. Yeah. You know, I didn't do stand-up. It was just like interviews like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's kind of how, that's yeah. how yeah. this went, too. Yeah. And, then, and then we were each given like five or five or ten minutes to do some stuff. And we actually had audience members on the Zoom call. Mm-hmm. And it worked out really well. It, um, we were getting some feedback. It was a good way to just kind of sit and, and uh, chill with the other comics. But Yeah, uh, it's just great. It's good. I had a blast with it. Um, Lenny does uh, different comics every week. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun. A lot That's of fun. fun. And he does like, we're on for like an hour. Is there an audience uh, at Lenny's? I mean, there's, there's comics that will coming. be writing in all all the cruise ship guys because we all we were all on cruise ships. Yeah. So it all come in and then we just start messing with each other. <laughs> fun. Let me show you what I bought. I had it painted this. Uh, I'm Republican. Okay. okay. But I'm not way way right Republican. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just I'm a, I I'm in I like uh, capitalism uh-huh. and and certain things. So. You go online on like Facebook and everything, and uh-huh. people tell me, you know, you're a communist, you're a Nazi, you're a Klansman, and all this. I said, communist? And they go, yeah. So I had a buddy of mine that's Rick Polito, you know Rick Polito? Yeah. Uh-huh. Great artist. Yeah. Have you seen his artwork? Yeah. Uh-huh. I had him paint a picture for me. So the people thought I was a communist. So I had him that's paint weird. this here. They don't know you then. Yeah, this is my Lenin and Marx. <laughs> <laughs> show, show it to the camera. <laughs> This is Lennon and Marx. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's pretty good. So really? I traveled all over really? the world with Carnival, and I got a hat that I picked up in St. Petersburg, Russia. So I did one of those podcasts like that, and I wore the Russian hat with this behind me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That would have probably went over real well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, oh, you know, one of the things that um, that has always – let me ask you. So what is the earliest modern invention that you can remember? Changing gears here, I want to get into a different wow. subject. Before the one I told you before, let me think what it was. I remember transistor radios Yeah. Whoa. that you used to have to put on metal with the alligator clips. Yep. I remember uh, having a fan in my house <laughs> with a block of ice in front of it blowing. And then I remember getting our first wall unit air conditioner. Yeah. And I remember when central air was invented. Wow, you're old. Wait, when was it invented? In the 70s? Oh, God, no, it's got to no. be 60s. 60s. It was in the 60s. Well, uh, the, the block of ice, how did it I met in front of the... John F. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. You did? Yes. Where? About two or three months before he was killed. Oh, wow, in 63. Yeah. Not met him, but I saw him. And well, then he waved at us. Yeah. Really? How cool is that? Yeah. He was in New Orleans. Wow. Yeah. So so how about you, Isaac? What's the first thing you can remember? Well, I was going to say the Walkman, but I think he said transistor radio. You are fucking ancient. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, like, the, the heck. You know, well, well, what can I say? I mean, like... Uh, you know the old joke now they put on Facebook cracks me up because my car will never be stolen. He goes, why is that? I said, because it's, it's standard shift. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows how to use it. What is that? What's that thing for? <laughs> it's clutch. <laughs> can, can I, I, One thing I did do in the summer uh-huh. that I just bought, and I'm getting it redone now, just a little at a time. We got you to go out. Uh-huh. I bought about three months ago. It's in the shop right now. I bought a 1987 Suzuki Samurai Jeep. Oh, those are oh, cool. Wow. So right now, ones that getting, flip over? No. Oh, no, no, no. I'm getting. Right now, it's getting roll bars on oh, okay, it. I got okay, the, okay. the tube doors, and they're putting a winch on the front yeah. of it. And uh, 
We'll go hit those all the are, trails once yeah, it's out. Those, oh, are, those are cool. They're yeah. a blast. Uh-huh. I remember the old commercials, whoop-de-doo for my Subaru. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know that's one of the best uh, automobiles on the planet for off-road? Yeah. Is it really? It's got yeah. the world record for the 87. It's got the world record for climbing at the highest altitude. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Amazing. Huh. And it's only 70 horsepowers. Look at that. <laughs> it's like a lawnmower. Wow. <laughs> so what they're doing now, they're changing the gear ratio in the front. So when you hit that shit, boom, boom straight and up. The, I was, when you'd go up a hill like that, uh, the gas and the carburetor would go to the back and it would conk out. So I called one of these specialists. I said, what can yeah. I put in there that'll make it really wicked? Because you know what you really do? It works. They're amazing. So what's that? He goes, you put a Harley Davidson carburetor in it. Okay. So because they don't, they don't go. Yeah, they don't care. The gas never... Oh, huh, so that's that, interesting. Putting a Harley Davidson sidewinder. Wow. Wait, we didn't get nice. to we didn't get to ask me what I remember yeah, well, first. What's your, what's your what's that? Color TV. When Color first, TV. When it first came out, oh, I tell I you, remember that. Yeah, great that's story. Like at the same time as the dinosaurs. I remember right? that. Too. <laughs> yeah. So, and you remember Color putting? Uh, do you remember putting tin foil on the antenna? My brother. So <laughs> we put tinfoil on my brother How and said, ridiculous is that? So, you know, when I was a kid, oh we God. used to go up and walk to the TV to change a channel. Yeah, that's why my mom had and my there brother. there was only five of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but my, that was my brother's job. So my, my, the people who lived across, they were the rich people. They didn't have near as many kids as we did. And they got the color TV. They had the only color TV in the neighborhood. And so all of a sudden, when this new program came out called Star Trek, Oh my God! In color, and when it went, whoosh, and it's like, oh <laughs> yeah. my God, this is the future. Now, if you ever watch those episodes, now it's like, oh my God, like the monsters are in rubber suits. <laughs> I remember the first microwave oven. Oh yeah, I remember the men walking on the moon. Put a plan. We had we interviewed maybe. We had an interview. We did an interview with a comedian a few I weeks ago. When people thought the Earth was round. Yeah, <laughs> but we did a we did an interview with a comedian a few weeks ago. He's a he's a conspiracy theorist, and he yeah. uh, he said that we didn't really walk on the moon. And I go, how do you know that? He goes, well, they didn't have cheese on their boots when they got back. So I don't know it's true. <laughs> but um, yeah, so color TV that was awesome, and then Star Trek came out, and oh my god, that was the coolest ever. Yeah. How about the greatest invention of the, of the last century? What do you think? Um, of last century? Yeah. Velcro. Velcro. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had the. Velcro. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, I would say. Um, I would say the iPhone. Oh, probably. That was because the last yeah. century. You used to have to ca carry a camera this big yeah. with a pack on the side of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You used to have and to. Uh, light and yeah, video. it's got everything in it. Everything know, is amazing? in that one little phone. I know, you right? got recording. Yeah. You got camera. You got editing. You have. Uh, uh, you name it. It's there. Uh, yep. uh, photography. Filtering, you, know, you have music. Does you can dishes, edit music. You can record music on it. Yeah. I know it's amazing. It's great. How about you? You know Isaac? what? Oh. The Apple. I don't know if you know this. The Beatles had a company, Apple Records. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when the iPhone came out and they called it Apple Computers, the Beatles sued Apple because they owned the I name. I remember that. And they made millions and millions of dollars on it. Yep. And Apple said that if you, the Beatles said, you can use it for that. But if you have anything that records music in it in the long run, you can't do it. Really? So years later, the Beatles, I mean, the, the Apple company came out with 
the recording thing with iTunes. The, the, no, not the iTunes. The garage, garage, uh, the garage, garage band, garage band. Yep. Yeah, garage band. Which could re so he they sued him again, and he got another fifty, a hundred million. Really? Yeah. Wow. But Apple, that's you and I going to McDonald's and Biggie size in it. I know, yeah. right? That's the coolest, right? That's nothing. Yeah. How about you, Isaac? What, what, what? How about you for best invention of the last uh, no, century? I, I, I just said Velcro. And oh, there you go. You're yeah, right, Velcro. Velcro. Okay. How about me? Yeah. Cruise control. Cruise control. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I drive now. This is going to be really stupid. No, you want to know one of the best things inventions on the planet? What? GPS. Oh my God, that's that's like yeah. Remember that's, when you used to have a big map right. like that? You had to open up the hole yep. and find everything. Yep. Yep. But in the old days, when I traveled all over the United States playing comedy clubs, after a while, looking at all those maps, I could tell you how to get to any comedy club and what hotel they put you really? in. How fun. Because you have to use the maps so much. Wow. Now, I can't directions. even get five blocks away without using know, the GPS. Right? So, so, <laughs> or remembering anyone's phone number. Do you know people who still give you directions? Yeah. Southerners. Do you know? No. Go up to the go up to the Smitty's hardware store and hang a left. Do you know a word that's going to be obsolete, I'd say, in the next 15 years? Republican. What? No. Nah. Oh. Um, Counterclockwise. Counterclockwise. Yeah. <laughs> oh People don't even know how to tell that. I, I, and that's the truth. Analog, they so don't counterclockwise, they'd have no idea what oh, that they'd is. Oh, mess it up. <laughs> I, I want to go back to that GPS thing because it reminded me of this great true story. So my late wife and I used to, we had a big RV and we traveled all over America. We did 50,000 miles just traveling all over. And this was prior to GPS. So she'd be sitting over there. My job was to drive and get us there safely. She'd do the, Her uh, job was to navigate and do all the entertainment stuff. The so, Atlas. So she'd That's have the Atlas. Uh, she'd be doing this <laughs> yeah. and doing that. And then they came out with this thing called GPS. And all she had, all she did was program the, my destination in there and said, follow that. And she'd sit over there eating bonbons, watching TV. It's like, my job didn't decrease. I Hers bought did. a Garmin years ago yep. where you could go yeah. anywhere in the United States. Uh -huh. But then I took... Three weeks, four weeks, where I was working a, con a, a, a ship in Italy. And then I got off the ship, and that three weeks later, they were going to fly me all the way home, and I'd be all the way back. I said, why don't you just leave me here? So I rented a car, and I had to download Europe on mm -hmm. the GPS because it wasn't on mine. Mm -hmm. Wow. But I drove. I know. For three weeks, I did Italy, uh Switzerland, Germany, Austria. Awesome. Yeah. Came back and went to Sicily. I know. And met family I hadn't seen. The Italians. And you would have never found it without the GPS. We did yes. a similar thing. We went to Turkey. My son was wait, stationed. Wait, and then I, I dropped the car off in Milan, and then I took a train from Milan to Paris. Went to Paris for two or three days, then went back to the ship. Yep. Wow. Good Amazing. Good I'm in the middle of Austria. <laughs> I mean, I would I would take old old roads. I mean, no highway, but I take all the old stuff, and I'm in the middle of the mountains, and I'm driving, just to see the real Austria, and out of nowhere I see the most gorgeous, huge factory, and I went in the middle, and I said, "What is this?" And I will go, I go up to it, and it's the Sawarsky Crystal Company. Really? Oh, wow. I just right came up on it. Wow. That and was awesome. And I came up on it, and then I took the tour through it, and it was great. How yeah. random. Yeah, we did just random. We, we, we had to go to Turkey. My son was stationed in uh, our air base in Turkey. And so we landed in Istanbul and rented a car. But prior to that, oh, my God, what a great trip. I had bought the maps, the Garmin maps, for my GPS, and I downloaded them. And that thing was absolutely – oh, I'm getting a call. No, I'm not. Um, 
<laughs> it's a little something out of your book. <laughs> but if if we didn't have that GPS, I mean, it took us everywhere. We would have been divorced if we didn't have the D- GPS, um, or I'd have been I would have been dead. Were you in Istanbul? Yeah. I went to Istanbul. You know what you can tour in Istanbul? What? The home of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I didn't get to really? see that. Really? That was yeah. in Istanbul. Her home was there. Oh. Yeah. What, what? I'll have to call up Noah. We can't take that one. I can't answer right now because that was the last show. Wait, so I want to know what did what 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 did what did Mary's what did Mary's house look like? Oh, it had cable TV and. Uh, <laughs> was, it, was this a little house? It was beautiful. It was amazing. Was it all white? After Christ was killed, or yeah, he uh, she moved to there. Yeah, she moved to there. That's where she was. Little okay. little retirement condo. Interesting. Yeah, it's great. I love all this. No, we didn't get to wow. we, we did get to go to the big mosque. That was really interesting. I saw interesting. my family. I saw my family in Sicily. Yeah, you're tall for a Sicilian. Huh? Yeah. You're tall for a Sicilian. Yeah. yeah. Huh. How'd that happen, Lance? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, one of the things that we we talked about while we were b- between shows is um, we talked about the mafia. And so tell, tell me the story about the mafia that you told us earlier. You are Sicilian, right? Yeah, no, that's what, that's what it reminded me. The mafia started in the United States. It actually started in one of the first. It wasn't, it wasn't really the mafia back then. It was called the Black Hand, where they were, they were guys that would, you know, go to a place and go, you know, a place could burn down, but we can not take care of it, you know, and give us so much money. So my great-grandfather was a guy who took care and got rid of the black hand. So that's when the mafia actually started. The first recorded hit. Right, you're hearing it here, folks. This is him right, right here. Started with, where where was right it? Here. What city? What it's city? My great in New Orleans. In New Orleans. He's, His name is Vincenzo Morisi. That was my great, great, my great grandfather. All right. Yep. Let me Let's tell you like how you. crazy this like guy you. was. He ran the mob in New Orleans from 1908 to 1915. Uh-huh. 1910, they tried to assassinate him. He got two bullets to the head, survived it. No way. Killed everybody with bullets in his head. Uh-huh. And then was finally assassinated in 2015. The first mafia hit in the history of America what? was in New Orleans. Uh-huh. It's recorded. You can find You can research it. They killed the sheriff Hennessy, mm-hmm. and my great grandfather was part of that. Really, can't pick your relatives, but yeah, I. It, but in those days, uh, Italians in New Orleans were treated horribly, horribly uh-huh. by the sheriff because they were immigrants. You know, yeah. So that the only way they could. Uh, was to band together and go, we're not going to deal with this anymore. So they killed the police chief. Wow. So they arrested about 30 people, 12 of them, or 19 of them went to jail. Uh-huh. And then the sheriff, after the policeman was killed, people raided the jail, pulled those 12 or 19, whatever it was, and hung them in the streets. Really? No way. Yeah. The Italians. The Italians, yeah. Really? Oh. Huh. But those yeah, are the my same. My great grandfather was part of all of that. But they're the same people who got rid of the black hands. Yes. Right. Yes. And one of the black hands is the guy who ended up killing my great grandfather. Wow. He was called the Axe Man, who was supposed to be 
and they say he was a, a serial killer uh-huh. in New Orleans way back in the early 18, 1900s. Yeah. He was actually a black hand because all the people who would kill him were grocery store owners who were protected mm. by my grandfather, great-grandfather. Whoa. Huh. So he wow. took care of all of them, and then they ended up killing him. We are in the presence of celebrity. What? <laughs> We're in the presence of celebrity. Oh, no, no. But I did have one mafia guy. Tell, well, not once I posted it on Facebook one time, he goes, you may not, because I have nothing to do with it. Okay, but it's just your family. But one mob guy got in touch with me one time, and he goes, you may not notice my son, my friend, but you are royalty. <laughs> where's the I'm money? Okay, yeah, where's the money? I'm royalty, where's the money? Yeah. <laughs> but because of my grandfather and great-grandfather, uh-huh. Uh, my grandfather was a character. Uh-huh. My grandfather, when I was, my, da- my grandfather had a restaurant in New Orleans years and years ago. And the bottom floor, I- I'm Italian, Hispanic, and Creole. Yeah. Okay, so I'm black, Italian, and Spanish. Mm-hmm. But in the 1950s, because of the city of New Orleans, he had a restaurant and the law in New Orleans, the laws where he had a restaurant where the front is where the whites ate and the back is where blacks ate. So that was the law in Louisiana. If I wanted to have a Coca-Cola with one of my best friends, I had to go in the black portion to drink it with him. Really? Yes. But that was the law. But once the restaurant was closed, my grandfather was great. The kids were running around the house and everything, but the law was horrible. While it was open. Yes. You had to abide by that. Yes. Wow. The only thing I remember my grandfather saying in English years ago is it they all assume the beaches. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember saying. I remember my mother saying that. We had there's six siblings and she called us all those sons of bitches. You little sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. <laughs> but my grandfather's buried in a place in New Orleans where down from him is like uh Diamond Jim, Moran, uh Louis Prima mm-hmm. is buried yep. there. All famous mob. Uh, yeah. yeah. But they don't they don't really bury people in New Orleans because it's of the water ball. table. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was an interesting thing that I learned how they do that for I don't know if you know this, Isaac, but You know why they did it? Because of the, the water the, the In the hurricanes the right. graves would come up. The old joke yep. is a hurricane hits and a kid knocks on the door and goes, Grandma, yeah, I can believe this. Grandpa's back. <laughs> <laughs> so so basically what they do is they build these 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 above ground Crips kind tombs, of yeah. tombs, and they'll bury a, a, a family member, and that family member will decompose, and then the thing will be ready for the next There's family member that dies. From my uh-huh. great grandfather there, Vincenzo Morisi. I got pictures of it, and uh, underneath that is his wife's name. Then underneath that is a woman. Her name is Lorraine Boisso. That was her married name, but her real name was Montalto. That was my dad's sister, and my godmother. Underneath that is my grandmother's name, who was married to uh, the daughter of Vincenzo Morisi. Uh-huh. Then my grandfather is buried there, but his name's not on the tomb because he was such a horrible human being, it would be defamed. He was just not a good person. Wow. So years later, I would tell stories about my family. You know, you got kids in the neighborhood goes, Lance, you're so full of shit. You know, always, where did these stories come from? And I showed him the picture. I said, you see that tomb? That's Vincenzo right there. I said, do you remember my grandpa we used to call Papa? 
He goes, yeah. I said, that's the one who's in it that doesn't have his name on it. And I said, look at the bottom of the tomb there. I said, you see that big vase there with the flowers in it? Blow it up. So I opened that screen like that, and I said, look at that. He says, Papa, love Lance. <laughs> <laughs> so I put it there. So he would have a name there, but nobody knew who he was. It's like a livingancestry.com. Yeah, ancestry.com. That's pretty nice. But it was a, you know, you can't pick your relatives, but I look back now and I go, wow, how interesting is all of this? So how did your whole family get into the arts? My dad was a musician, uh-huh. a really good trumpet player. Uh-huh. And, just, yeah. and then he started playing with the big bands and he met my mom. Uh-huh. And they played and played and sang and with the big bands. And then when they got married, uh, they had four kids and each kid was 11 months apart. Yeah. So when he had, had those four kids, uh-huh. he quit playing the music, and he went into the restaurant business with my grandfather, uh-huh. and he ran the restaurant. Italian but restaurant. But I tell you about the restaurant. Uh-huh. I didn't tell you about this. So yeah. it was the restaurant downstairs, and they had an old black man that was, when you walk outside, they had an old black man named Pee Wee, who was great. He was, uh, he would all, we'd always, he'd always cut up with me. And he stood outside, and there was another door to the side. But I could never go in that door. Now, you got to realize this is in the 50s. Let's see, 52. That was like 1958, 59. And I'd go talk to Pee Wee and cut up. And as I got older, sometimes I'd go to my dad's restaurant and help him during the day. And if he wanted me to go, say, here, 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 here. Here's a roll of nickels. Why don't you go upstairs? So I'd go upstairs and play the slot machines because it was a casino, and that was illegal back then, so he had a casino. But I could never go to the third floor because that was the whorehouse. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't know until later. That's why he wouldn't let me upstairs. Wow. You weren't weren't curious? The restaurant was downstairs, then the casino. Uh And then I remember in the restaurant he had an iron claw machine, and all these longshoremen would come from the docks, and they'd all play the iron claw machine to try to get pencils. Yeah. But that's stupid. Uh-huh. And then I realized what they would do with the pencil, they had a cap or a pen with the cap on the pen. And if you got one, you pull it as a piece of paper in there and you could get $200. Oh, it's like a little lottery ticket, yeah. kind of like, oh, that's so cool. So they play and try to fit, see what. Oh, that's cool. I'm surprised you weren't curious about what was going on on the third floor. I was always curious. Uh-huh. You couldn't get up there? No. no. I, did, I did when I was like, once we were selling the place after my grandfather died and then my dad started working. Uh-huh. Hiring late, my dad hired labor on the docks in New Orleans. Uh-huh. So once he started doing that, and they were selling the old place, then I went upstairs and saw it. You know what it's like? Yeah, and saw whips and chains and stuff like that. What's this dildo doing up here? Like, it, it was <laughs> Front Street, which is right by the docks. Yeah. So all the dock workers would come and eat for lunch and eat more than food. Uh-huh. <laughs> wait, wait, so were there other? Like establishments like your father's? Uh, um, there were restaurants and bars, but I don't think like, like my grandfather. No, no, that had the, that, that had the casino and then the no, warehouse. No, I, I, have, I think the little place, like, the bookies. Okay. You know, when I got older, uh-huh. I was working all these clubs in New Orleans at Mobster's Zone. Yeah. You know, and they pulled me aside one time, wanted to know if I wanted to go in the back uh-huh. and work the wire service and take all the numbers and the horses and all that stuff. Oh, wow. So I did that for a really Did you really? Short uh-huh. Oh, my or God. Or I booked the football games. Uh-huh. You ran the numbers? Yeah. Oh, my God. 
We better not offend him because we'll have to be escorted out yeah, of the parking lot. Yeah, because he's one degree away from, uh, <laughs> he's from Bugsy Siegel. Bugsy Siegel. He's royalty, remember? You want to know my best? This is my, this is my biggest uh-huh. story. This, is, this, this really freaked me out. They had a guy I worked for in New Orleans years ago. He was like a Tom Jones type singer, you know. His name was Frankie Brent. Uh-huh. And I was his opening act. That was my first as a comic, opening his shows. And he wore the tight pants and blue-haired bus tour ladies would go, oh, look, he's got tight pants. So, but he was really good, an entertainer, like Tom Jones. And, you know. yeah. and uh, they had a guy that lived in the back of his club that I thought cleaned up and everything. So I'll go get to pay, go get paid one day, and I walk in there, FBI, cops, everybody's there, and they're arresting the guy. Come to find out, the guy was a hitman for the mob, and Frankie was hiding him out. And they found the gun in Frankie's car that somebody that they killed. And I didn't know anything about it. I'm just a comic working the place. Yeah. So they asked me questions, and I went, look, I don't know what's going on here. Uh-huh. I'm just a comedian. I'm just... He goes, son, I said, I'm just working for Frankie Brent. He goes, son, that's his stage name. I said, you know what his real name is? I went, no one. He goes, it's Adolfo Gambino. Oh, my God. Oh my God. From the Gambino crime family oh, in New York. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She was in South Philly. Oh, I didn't know. I'm just a comic working the place. <laughs> so he's really talented. What's that? He was, oh, he was Frankie. Great. He was Frankie really was really talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he had all this other and stuff going on. he had the best on. musicians. He had some yeah. amazing musicians working for him. Yeah. You know, and then he would just uh, those bus tours. Uh-huh. Tourists would come in two or three times a night. He do three one-hour shows. Boom, 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 boom. Tons of money, and wow. it was the MC comedian uh-huh. introducing everybody. Did he pay you well? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Wow. Then it became a comedy club, Clyde's Comedy Corner. Uh huh. And there was a girl. Yeah. Is it still, still open or no? They had a girl named. And Clyde's Comedy Corner, that was an open micer. Uh-huh. And we became oh, good friends. I know this story, yeah. And it was uh-huh. uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I started with Ellen in New Orleans. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Huh. Now she's getting a lot of flack. Is she a nice person? I mean, the, she was it, great when she first started out. But then after she lost her TV show during the day and she yeah. came out and she said she was gay, uh-huh. Hollywood. So she became so jaded yeah. that she's she really is 100% of what everyone is saying now. She's the worst person on the planet really? to talk to. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, Steve Harvey's the greatest guy. I know yeah, Steve. Yeah. Steve used to, Steve and I used to drive all around the country in the cars working with each other way before he ever made it. Yeah, yeah it's like that story he tells, you know, when he made it big um, in Harlem uh, at, uh, at the Apollo. Apollo. Yeah. Like, were you there? Were you with him before no, that? No, that was before that. Yeah, you were with him before that, right? In Florida, when Steve first first started out. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you know the story okay. about him being the M- MC. Yeah, I'm one. Of, I'm one of the best practical joke. I pulled the best practical joke on him ever. So, Steve, me, and Lester Bibbs, another really funny comedian. We were working the road together, and we're doing night one nighters all throughout. Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana. Yeah. So we're coming from Florida to Mississippi. I got a radar detector, and they're behind me. I said, just follow me. So we get pulled over. And because I don't look black, but they do, the cop is all over him, you know, checking his afro for weapons and shit, <laughs> checking the air pressure in his tires in his car. And I went, I said, sir, we're just comics. We're trying to get to the next gig. 
He goes, shut up, boy, and stand over there. I said, okay, sir, no problem. And then he grabs Steve's driver's license. He goes, I'm going to check and see if you got a record, boy. And he picks up the mic. He goes, I got a black male, 36 years old. And I looked at Steve and went, Steve, you wanted the black male? <laughs> oh my god. 14 stitches right here. Oh my god, really? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. So we get to New Orleans. This was the best. We'd switch off. I would headline, he would headline. But since it's New Orleans, we work in the club, I'm going to headline. It's my people. 300 people in a room. I'm on stage there, right in front of him, right here. So I knew that back then Steve Vack was real dirty. So what I did was, I had my friend mm -hmm. and her boyfriend, I sat them in the front row, and I dressed him like a priest and her like a nun. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a priest and a nun in the front row, and Steve's trying to be so clean, you could see the sweat coming through his, and uh, every time, every time uh, he's on stage trying to be clean, he'd look down at her, and she'd be looking at him and going, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> and she'd be taking her habit and pulling it up to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So it was so funny. So they were because dressed, they were dressed like, oh, God, yeah. oh, oh God. And then he gets backstage, he doesn't know it. And he's going off. He goes, Jesus Christ, I know New Orleans is decadent, but you got a fucking nun tell me to go fuck myself. <laughs> so then he finds out it's a joke. So years later, he's Steve. You know, and he's got his TV show, and he's got all this. He's got millions of dollars. So I'm living in L.A., and I'm getting all these, you know, bit small movie parts, maybe one word or crowd scenes or whatever. And my agent calls me. He goes, you want to make $250 today? I say, well, yeah, what's that? He goes, we need uh, people to sit in the audience of a show and laughter. We need laughter, live laughter. You get food, and you get 250 bucks. I said, sure, what is it? He goes, it's the Steve Harvey show. And I, I said, said, yeah, I'll go. Oh, God. <laughs> so I uh, so the show's being taped. And then when they cut to something else and they change film or whatever they do and they the break, he usually picks up the mic and he never goes backstage. He just talks to the audience because he's really good with an audience. Right? So he's keeping them entertained and everything. And he goes, so this is how everything's filmed in Hollywood. Welcome to my show. He goes, and uh, we have any questions? And I'm way in the back. And he doesn't know who I am because I'm way in the back in the dark. And I went, I got a question. And he yes, yeah. He goes, what's that back there? Yeah, what's your question? I said, you ever worked in New Orleans years ago as a nun and a priest in the audience that wouldn't leave you alone? He went, Lance? <laughs> <laughs> he knew it was you, right? Yeah, so he brought me on stage and we hugged. He goes, what are you doing here? I said, I live in L.A. now. And uh, so then uh, he tells the story. It kills. Uh -huh. And then I leave, and I'm going standing in the back. I'm just standing in the back. And, watch. and this woman's standing next to me. She goes, is all that true? And I said, yeah. Yeah, we've known each other for years and years. So stuff would happen during the taping where we're just doing small talk. I'd <laughs> say something, and she'd die laughing. I can't remember half of what I said. Come to find out, she was the producer of the show. Oh, wow. So two days later, I get a call. Uh -huh. They want me to write for the show. Nice. So That's she goes to Steve, she goes, that guy Lance, he's very funny, man. You ever think, he goes, I was going to ask you the same question. Nice. Uh -huh. So you got to write for his so show. So I ended up writing for his show. How yeah. long was that? About a year and a half. Uh -huh. yeah. Oh, that, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. How do they do that? People just sit around the table, toss around ideas, or? It's rough. It's really, really insane. I had to come up, I did his monologues and stuff. Wow. So I had to come up. 
every day I had to come up with five monologue synopsis. Mm-hmm. So that's 25 monologues a week. Yeah. I had to think of, if any, pick two of them or three of them. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of work. How long is a monologue? Six minutes. And if he and if he picked one, did you get paid extra? No, 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 no. We're all writers. writers. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But it's really it's a lot of tension. But uh, I was I'm so blessed that I had it for that time because it opened my mind so much to writing. That's why when I go on stage now and I list, watch the other comics, that's why I have five minutes on what I just saw in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause you know because it just comes to me. Yeah, yeah. From, yeah. from all the it's years, just, of, from, the, from that time writing. I had... Yeah. Knock it out. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had a, a, a subscription where I could go online uh-huh. and pull up every newspaper yeah. in the country. Uh-huh. So I'd find stories in the news that day. And yeah, and then you write jokes about it. Yeah. Wow. So probably not That's as great. stressful because you knew Steve, right? And What's that? Was, was he easier on you because he knew you? Do you know? Uh, or harder. No. He, well, every now and then he'd really just blow up and come down on me. And I'd look at him and I'd go, you used to sleep on my couch at my mom's house. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> what would he say to that? He laughed. Oh, yeah, you're right. But yeah, he was, he's, he's a serious businessman, brilliant businessman. Okay. Yeah. Well, he yes. wouldn't be where he is if he wasn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You have no idea what he owns. Yeah. That, that reminds me, I read the news today that the, that the Pope just came out with a new rule. It says that the priests and nuns could kiss now as long as they don't get in the habit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you reminded me of that. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, um, he owns Night at the Apollo. Uh-huh. He owns Steve Harvey show. Uh-huh. He owns Steve Harvey suits. He owns Steve Harvey radio show. He owns Steve Harvey books. Uh-huh. Steve Harvey movies. He owns a uh, Comic View. Wow. He owns an old show that he put together. It was called Sister Sister uh-huh. with the twins. Yeah. That was his production. Mm-hmm. He's got. Yeah, well, good to see him. Yeah. I used to call him, and uh, uh, he'd get back with me. Uh-huh. But now he pays a guy $40,000 a year to carry his five phones. <laughs> you know? So if I would call right now, I might hear him from him two weeks from now for like two minutes. <laughs> so if we were interviewing him right now, we wouldn't be hearing his phone ring like yours, right? Because <laughs> yeah. he already knows what everybody's wearing. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> Khakis and a red shirt. I got some Steve Harvey uh, vests and suits and stuff nice. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the suits that much, but the vests were really badass. Yeah. He does dress very nice. Oh, he's got a tailor that oh travels God. everything. With you know, I mean, you go in the green room and the guy's measuring him for new suits. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Jeez. I was there with his cousin. Do you watch the Steve Harvey? Listen to the Steve Harvey no. radio show. No. Oh, it's great. Yeah, he has like three, four other people. With yeah, him. I was with yeah. his nephew uh-huh. Tommy and uh-huh. and uh, Jay Anthony Brown. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, just good, good people. Yeah. So, where would our audience find that? The Steve Harvey show is it on radio? Or? I think it's a radio. It's show. It's a podcast. He also has a podcast here. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, be Steve right Harvey podcast. Like semi-retired, yeah. he just got all that money. He does a couple of things. Yeah, yeah I, I think he's an incredible entertainer. Yeah, you know, he's personable. He's funny. He's witty. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, folks, we've reached the end of our podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to say, Lance, before we go? 
How can people find you, Lance? I mean, if they wanted to. Behind his mask. <laughs> behind the, behind the mask. Man behind the mask. I'm just on Facebook. Or like, uh-huh. who wants to know? <laughs> I'm on Facebook. Facebook as. The most hated comic on planet. Lance Because Montalo. of my political stances. <laughs> oh, yeah. How fun. We didn't even get into that. Oh, no, we didn't get into that. Yeah. Let's do chill three. We'll have, we'll have you, we will have you back. This has been great. I, 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 let's, I thoroughly Let's get together it. after the election. And we'll oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be a good I just, podcast. Uh, I just heard that they found uh, Hillary's 33,000 emails. Oh, yeah. Where, where are they? They were taped to the inside of her pantsuits because no one's been in there. <laughs> oh. No! Thank you. All Thank right. you. So that's the end of our podcast. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. On behalf of uh, <laughs> Isaac Israel, I'm Dylan Dillagaff, <laughs> and you all know what the Dillagaff stands for. D-I-L-L-I-G-A-F. Do I look like I give up? <laughs> so with that, Blue Zone Comedy Tours is, is, a, is a sponsor, along with Tickle Me Comedy Club, and we really appreciate your uh, watching us, and uh, look for us in our next podcast. So on behalf of Lance and Isaac, good night! Good night, folks. Thank you.